Is your relationship poison? Are you the toxic party or is your partner the toxic party? Do you need to step away or can you adjust what you're doing in order to have a pleasant, healthy relationship? Today we talk about toxic behaviors and toxic relationships. Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to this week's episode of Adulting. I'm Miranda Markwood, and as usual, I am joined by Harlan Landis. Hi, Harlan. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Miranda? I am doing well. Today, we are talking about toxic behaviors and people and how you can ditch them. And so let's go ahead and start out. There was something interesting in the San Diego Union Tribune that you found, Harlan, that talks about toxic relationships and how they can impact you. Yeah, the article talked specifically about several studies that pointed out exactly how toxic relationships can harm you uh, physically and mentally and emotionally. The first study was a Michigan State University study, and it said that people in toxic relationships have a 34% increase in their risk of heart problems. Um, That can be combined with this University of Copenhagen study that says that constant conflict in a relationship, in other words, uh, one type of toxic relationships, people in those relationships are two-thirds more likely to die 11 years sooner than those who are not. So that is a not, not only quality of life, but health, but a longevity issue here. The article also said that the ups and downs of toxic relationships can result in um, a number of health issues, uh, such as adrenal fatigue, uh, trouble sleeping, damage to organs, weakening of the immune system, and a variety of physical illnesses that you're more susceptible to. And not only that, but toxic relationships prevent personal growth. It's harder to achieve your goals when you're in a toxic relationship. Um, And uh, on a serious note, toxic relationships can also lead to uh, fully formed abuse. And that is something that we have to address as well. Yeah, and I think those are really good points. You don't really think about how these relationships can have real effects on your physical health and well-being. Uh, as well, I, we, th- we think about them as impacting our mental health sometimes and perhaps our emotional health. But the fact that these toxic re- relationships can affect you uh, physically is something that a lot of us don't think about. Yeah, it's a pretty big snowball effect, um, you know, because as was mentioned in the studies, toxic relationships can lead to difficulty sleeping and sleep is one of the most important functions of the human body. And that just, you know, it's, it, it, it goes down a rabbit rabbit hole after that because 
so many health problems are linked to sleep issues as well. And if you know that there is something specific that's causing those uh, sleep issues, such as a toxic relationship, then it certainly is a cause that needs to be addressed uh, quickly. And it's something that you just can't let go on forever. And a lot of people do because um, to address these issues, it sometimes requires confrontation. And not a lot of people... You know they'll they'll prefer to suffer than to than to uh, face confrontation. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's a very uh, very good point. And so so what is a toxic relationship, and is it different from abuse? Uh, I think that you know we kind of have to draw the line there. We can't say oh well just because you're in a toxic relationship you're necessarily suffering from abuse, but. Uh, like you said, it can lead to abuse. So what is a toxic relationship? How do you recognize that? The first issue with a toxic relationship is that relationship is very broadly defined. It can be any kind of relationship. It could be uh, it could be your life partner. It could be your spouse. It could be uh, your girlfriend or boyfriend. It could be someone uh, who you have a physical relationship with, uh, but not necessarily any kind of emotional connection. It could be parents with their kids. It could be your brother and sister. It could be um, it could be your family. It could be friends. Um, and not only that, but it could be a business relationship as well. It could be you know a business that you're you have a partner in business, or it could be someone in the office. Uh, it could be your boss. It could be your supervisor. It could be people who uh, who report to you. Basically, any kind of connection that you have in a, with another person can be a relationship, and that relationship has a potential to be toxic. So it's important to get that out of the way first, that we're not just talking about love relationships. We're talking about all relationships. There's a, there's a possibility that any one of them can be toxic. Yeah, and that's a really good point that so often we think about relationship automatically means between you and uh, somebody you're perhaps romantically involved with. But really, a lot of toxic relationships are between friends, are between family members. And then another thing to think about is that uh, we we often think about in these dynamics of victims and perpetrators, we often think about uh, males as the perpetrators and women as necessarily the victims. But the reality is it can be any uh, situation and uh, women can be the perpetrators in toxic relationships just as much as, as men. Sometimes it can start off one way. Uh, with one clear perpetrator and another clear victim. But over time, the toxicity in the relationship spreads. I mean, it's just like it's just like a disease. Toxic behaviors can be spread from one person to the other. And sometimes you respond to toxic behaviors with your own toxic behaviors. And therefore, the, the line between perpetrator and victim isn't always clear once you're further along in the relationship. When you start recognizing a toxic relationship and trying to figure out what to do, sometimes it's not always about saying, well, here's this clear line, I'm a victim or, or, or anything like that. Sometimes it's just saying this relationship is toxic. What am I doing to contribute to it and what can I do to get out? Sure. And, and you mentioned uh, a little earlier about the line between toxicity and abuse. Um, now, a toxic relationship doesn't have to be 
what we would consider an abusive relationship when it when it comes to perhaps the legal definition. Um, but certainly there's emotional abuse going on in, 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 in toxic relationships. Um, maybe it's an order of magnitude that, you know, it, it just depends on how hard the, the, the abuse the, or the behaviors are, are causing, you know, and, and what kind of distress is involved. Um, but certainly we'll, I, th- I think we'll get to that a little bit later. When we talk about a toxic relationship, what makes the relationship toxic are the behaviors that happen within that relationship. So you might not recognize the behaviors right away, but one thing that can lead you to believing that the relationship might be toxic or there might be toxic behaviors going on is, uh, is some, of the way, uh, some of the ways you might feel within the relationship. Um, so one of, those, one of those things that might be a signal that you're in a toxic relationship is that you feel that you can't do anything right. You always feel that you're letting your partner down um, or that your apologies aren't accepted. Yeah, and that's a that's a big one, too. And I think that's actually something that parents need to be especially concerned about with their children. Uh, a lot of us have high expectations for our children. And there are times when I have to stop myself and say, OK, wait, step back. Am I expecting too much here? Am I not acknowledging all of the great things my son has done today and just focusing too much on this one thing uh, and looking at this? I don't want my son to ever feel like he can't do anything right. Yes, he needs correction. Yes, he should always be improving. We all should. But at the same time, you should feel as though as, feel as though you're you're contributing and that your partner or your uh, parent or your friend appreciates you. I think, um, I think that's something to uh, consider. Yeah. And this plays a big role in, uh, in work as well. You know, a a lot of managers of people will have high expectations for the people they work with, um, people who answer to them and the, and, you know, colleagues and finding the right balance between, um, having high expectations of people and and making sure that they're uh, rewarded for doing you know the work that they do beyond their expectations and making sure you're just finding the right kind of approach in terms of managing people and working with partners is really important too. You you don't want to be in a situation where everyone finds you difficult to work with because your expert because your expectations are way beyond what would be um, reasonable. Yeah. And I think kind of going along with that too, is if you feel like everything is about the other person, uh, we forget narcissism is a toxic behavior. If someone won't listen to you or they dismiss your opinion or you can't have an equitable conversation uh, or somebody always has to have the last word, that's a problem. And that could be an indication that you're dealing with toxicity in your relationship. Yeah, narcissism can be very dangerous, and the things that we just described are are ways to identify narcissism. Um, and it's you may find that you are narcissistic yourself, so you just have to watch out for that as well. And and I think that's an important point uh, to look at your own behavior, especially in the case of narcissism, because they're they're finding that this whole obsession with selfies and social media and being out there is starting to foster a little bit more of that sort of self-centeredness moving into narcissism in our society. And, and that could easily make it harder for you to have healthy relationships with any number of people going forward. 
Yeah, and I think there's a general attitude um, sometimes that, you know, well, nobody's going to build me up. Nobody's going to speak for me. Nobody's going to be my supporter. So I've got to, you know, I've got to do what I can to boost, you know, my own image as much as possible. And, you know, that's that's really good for building your own personal brand if you have a business a set business where you're selling things. Um, but it just when it when it starts to bleed over into everything about your life, it, it just it's very, you know, it's it's not an approach that you want. It's not healthy and it will cause problems in your relationships. Yeah, definitely. And so another thing, uh, another feeling that can indicate that perhaps there's something toxic going on in your relationship is that you can't enjoy happy moments. You know, perhaps another person is trying to control your behavior and control the way you feel about certain things. Um, So it really limits your ability to enjoy yourself. Yeah. And kind of going along with that, I think part of that, too, is uh, when you're with somebody and you can't be yourself when you feel like you have to hide who you are in order to gain acceptance by that person, uh, especially if that, you know, and that happens a lot too in toxic family relationships. When you're having these relationships with your siblings or your parents, sometimes you get to this point where you're just afraid to show who you really are. And that's a problem. And, and that goes back to enjoying happy moments. You can't enjoy those happy moments when you're so scared that they're going to see through you or they're that, you know, being who you are will result in some sort of emotional punishment or uh, rejection. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even rejection, but, but criticism or just judgment. Um, and, you know, a controlling partner can certainly make you feel that you have to live up to, you know, we talked about expectations, but also just if you're, if you have to hide who you are because you're afraid of being judged a certain way, then that's something that you're going to have to work out or, or get around somehow. Uh, Watch out for people who won't let you change your mind. Sometimes we all change. Well, we should be growing and changing our opinions over time. Uh, Who I am today is is a little bit different than the person I was 10 years ago. And that's a good thing because I feel like I've grown a little and progressed a little. And sometimes your opinions change when you have more information or when you have new life experiences that give you new insight. It's okay to have changing opinions. But if you're in a toxic relationship, a lot of the time they expect you to say the same or they get upset when you change your mind. You should be allowed to change your mind. That's that's the bottom line. And there's... You know, everyone can can grow over time. They can adjust their approach to life. They can adjust their approach to work. And just because you don't stay um, believing the same things that you believed at any one point in your life, you shouldn't be made to feel guilty about that. Yeah, and I I think that's something too that you really have to consider as well if if you're very heavily involved in a religious community because sometimes uh, changing uh, your mind about things or, or moving, uh, just changing where you're at with those things, that can cause real rifts in families. And and so that's something to think about, uh, especially if you think you see somebody, you know, going down the wrong path of belief, uh, watch out because you don't want to turn into the toxic person that's judgmental of somebody else's path. So we've talked a little bit about the signs of toxic relationships based on how you feel. 
Um, and now let's 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 address some of the specific negative behaviors that we can see in toxic relationships. And uh, these these behaviors are the things that cause those feelings and cause the relationship to be considered toxic. And um, for people to realize that there, there's something here that needs to be addressed. Um, so maybe some of these things you'll recognize in your partner or in yourself. Yeah. So I think one of the big things to watch out for are the, are passive aggressive attacks, uh, things like silent treatment, dropping hints, uh, things like that, that tend to, they're not directly attacking somebody in a way we think of it, but they're still kind of aggressive, but they're sort of a stepped back underscored way of doing it. And it's just designed to make you feel extra bad. The, the thing about passive aggressive um, attacks is that the perpetrator of them always has an out and can always explain and say, oh, this wasn't about you. This was, you know, totally unrelated, but still it gives them a sense of control over your own feelings. And that's why you should never let anybody control your, your feelings. Uh, you should always figure out how you're going to react to every situation as much as possible. And then along with that, giving yourself an out a lot of the time with the passive aggressive attacks, you know, they turn around on you. It's like, oh, I didn't mean it that way. It's your fault. You saw it that way. Right. Exactly. And and that's just, you know, that's just more of this controlling behavior. Yeah. And um, it's something that we see in relationships all the time. And even from those, uh, it, it, it comes down to making someone who's controlling that person will will kind of play the victim a little bit, which we'll get to in a little bit. That's another that's another um, negative behavior. But you see this played out all the time on social media when someone will say something vague um, and, you know, perhaps it's not directed at you so you don't understand. But it could be a parent who says, oh, you know, look at this, this, this great child who's, you know, who's uh, making their parents proud and they'll, you know, make sure that you see this, this update by them. Or it could be from someone you're in a romantic relationship with who, you know, who'll just say things like, oh, I wish, you know, I wish my boyfriend was more like this or I wish my girlfriend would do this. Um, and, you know, that's that's kind of an obvious it's kind of an, an obvious approach to passive aggressive attacks, but uh, it could be more subtle than that or it could be, you know, just just as embarrassing as that sounds. Yeah, for sure. And I think another thing to worry about and passive aggressive behavior kind of feeds into this as well is using guilt as a as kind of a manipulation. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think every parent at some point has probably <laughs> used guilt in order to get kids to do something, uh, which, you know, I think is okay to an extent when you're dealing with kids, but when you start having adult relationships, then you really want to avoid the, the using guilt to manipulate people. Um, and it's, it's, you know, for someone in a relationship who's a people pleaser and the other person who's a little more controlling that this is something that pops up frequently. And I think once again, related to this is emotional blackmail. And and using, you know, the nuclear option, which is which is kind of like withholding your love, withholding favors, withholding anything, just, uh, you know, whether it's saying, hey, um, I'm not I'm not going to provide you with this sort of validation that you need as long as you're doing this thing. 
Yeah. Or, you know, it's, it's, it could be saying, I don't think I can, you know, date a person who does such and such a thing, something that you've done. So basically they're saying, you know, change your behavior or else, you know, you won't, you won't have love for me anymore. And that's, that's, it's, it's blackmail. It's, it's very manipulative, just like, um, just like using guilt, but it's, it's direct. Um, same thing with using ultimatums. Basically the nuclear option is an, is an ultimatum saying, you know, change what you're doing or else, or else I'm gone and you lose all of this, whatever that happens to be. Yeah. And I definitely think to a certain degree, and we've kind of tiptoed around around this, so I'll just come out and say it. But to a certain degree, too, I, when, when you go ahead, go around and, you know, say, well, I'm, I'm going to withhold sex from you uh, as long as you're doing this thing. I mean, obviously, there's a time and a place to be like, well, I'm tired and, and you really are tired or <laughs> you don't you're not in the mood or you don't feel like it. But it's something completely different to say, hey, uh, you're acting like this. So I'm using sex as a punishment. Using sex for emotional blackmail is particularly manipulative and uh, and yeah, don't do it and don't stand for someone who's doing that as well. Another thing is if somebody is actively trying to drag you down or really not supporting you. Yeah. And we're talking about emotional support here. We're talking about, you know, I stand behind you with all the goals that you have. Uh, I stand behind you for what you want out of this relationship. I stand behind you. You just, if your partner, whatever in this relationship, whether it's a business relationship, your family or your, your, uh, or your significant other, they should be supporting you and you should be supporting them as well. Um, someone who tears you down and dismisses what you're doing or dismisses your goals or doesn't respect, doesn't show respect in that kind of way, that's that's an aspect of toxic behavior as well. And again, with all of these, just make sure that you are not doing them as well. This isn't all about things that are happening to you. These are all, this is also about behaviors that you could be possibly, you could possibly be having in relationships. And, and maybe this will, uh, you know, this will help you identify some of those things. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's an important point you make that, uh, you do need to look at, examine your own self and say, well, what am I doing? Could I be doing better? Because these are all things I think that pretty much all of us do at some point in our lives. At some point in our lives, we are using these tools to, to get what we think we need out of a relationship or, or we just... And sometimes we, we're just not used to being in relationships and we have to learn these things. And it's okay if you've made these mistakes, if you recognize them and you work to fix them and work to improve the way you interact with other people. I think that's the key there is saying, okay, um, yeah, I've made mistakes. That does not make me a bad person. You're not a bad person if you've made mistakes. Now that I recognize this, I want to change these behaviors and move forward. If you exhibit these behaviors once in a while, or if they pop up occasionally, you can deal with them on an individual basis, and it may not be an indicator 
of a toxic relationship. Occasional slip-ups are fine. It's when these start to form a pattern and you start to see a bunch of these happening all the time or or a combination or just, you know, day after day, it's kind of the same type of behavior. Then you know there's a problem that needs to be addressed um, on a much deeper level than just addressing, you know, a little bit of a bad feeling, a little bit of a bad result here, um, and, you know, maybe something else somewhere else that is, you know, these are just occasional problems and don't really form a pattern. It's when, it's when you start to see a pattern of, of behavior that everything needs to be addressed. Yeah, for sure. And and I think some of the uh, behaviors uh, we didn't mention yet that we do need to mention include uh, keeping score. And that's one of the big ones, because a lot of the time we're, we're kind of raised in a society to, to think about things as being so-called fair. Uh, life isn't fair. It never will be. And it won't be in any relationship you're in either. But but we often translate that fairness, this idea of fairness into tit for tat and keeping score and bringing up past mistakes and saying, well, if you do this, then I did this and you did this such and such many times. So I should be able to do the same thing such and such many times. And when you start keeping score, whether it's saying, oh, well, I paid for this, so you shouldn't be able to do that. Or whether you say, well, um, you did this thing five years ago. So, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. When you start doing those things, that really brings a new level, I think, of toxicity into your relationship because you're more focused on, hey, what am I getting out of this? Uh, how can I get more and more and more? And you're not focused on working together. Yeah. And in terms of working together, another important thing, um, you know, besides bringing up past mistakes is when um, when one person is blaming the other for things that could not have been prevented, perhaps just not if, if, if things aren't communicated well, you can't be faulted for not reading someone else's mind. So it, that's just something to be aware of that, you know, if, if someone is expecting you to just understand something without it having been said, then, um, you know, that that can be a problem. And the same thing the other way, you just you, you don't want to assume that people know exactly what's going on inside your head. And if you had a bad day and um, and you haven't expressed that, then you might be expecting a certain behavior from your partner that uh, that they aren't they, they don't realize that they need to, to kind of help you with that situation. Yeah. And all, yeah. And we have this weird idea in our society that people that you know well, well, you should just be able to know them and know what they need automatically. And that's really not how real life works. You know, we have these, you know, these TV shows and movies where people just seem to get each other and just understand each other and they don't need words. And that's not the way real life is. And we, and we can't expect other people to just know what we want or need. So it's it's also very common and very natural to be jealous of another person, uh, whether someone inside the relationship or outside the relationship, someone who seems to have what you want or someone who is living their lives or their relationships in a way that you want or... Um, you know, another aspect of jealousy is just feeling that 
someone else is getting the attention that you should be getting as part of this relationship. You know, perhaps that stems from some aspect of mistrust. And um, that also can lead to invasions of privacy. And these are all things that are very toxic. And we have to be in relationships where we trust people. Um, And if we can't trust, you know, perhaps, um, you know, there's a reason behind that. And we have to figure out whether the reason is internal or external and then deal with that if we want to continue with those relationships. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a really good point too. Um, you, know, you, you hear stories about, you know, somebody like breaking into somebody's phone or reading someone else's email. And that's, you know, that that's a line you may not want to cross. And that, like you said, shows mistrust. And if you don't trust somebody, what are you doing with them anyway? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in some relationships, you can't choose. Uh, you you right. are born into your family, and <laughs> that's true. And and you would hope that there's there's trust there. But in situations where this is something that can be addressed and fixed to maintain a relationship, or in some cases where this could be, you know, a a final uh, final straw in a relationship, it's these are things that have to be addressed in some form. So when you talk about addressing them, what are some of the ways to address these issues? How do you fix your toxic behaviors or relationships? Yeah, I think it's important not to fight fire with fire, first of all. So um, you don't want to, and it's so natural to do this, uh, but you don't want to take that behavior that you're receiving and give it back in the same way because that just perpetuates the toxicity. Like we said earlier, it's just a poison that goes back and forth and will will permeate your relationship. So, you know, we talked about those behaviors. I think identifying what behaviors you might be participating in and refraining from from acting on those urges to deal with the relationship in that way. Like just don't post negatively (laughs) about your loved ones or your job on social media. Just don't, don't do it passively aggressive or aggressively aggressive. You you know, you don't (laughs) just take the negativity out of this um, and don't make it public. There's, there's no need to make the, the private issues of your relationship public. Um, and that can mean, you know, when I say public, I don't mean public to the world. It could be public within just your circle of friends. You know, don't don't talk to your friends about it. Um, you know, you can talk to a, a close friend to work through your issues to kind of help you see what you need to see. But, you know, when it comes to just complaining and um, expressing dissatisfaction, um, you know, don't make a public deal out of it. It's something that you need to deal with privately. Yeah. Um, fun fact. Uh, when we were uh, working on the divorce paperwork and everything and the, and the judge was handing down the final decree, uh, you know, they, we had a joint restraining order placed on my ex and I, I, we weren't, we were uh, on my ex and me, we weren't having problems. We were being very civil, very polite to each other. So it wasn't an issue, but, uh, just standard procedure from the bench, a joint restraining order. And that included social media. We were not to say mean things about each other on social media during this this process. Uh, we wouldn't have anyway, but it was just kind of interesting. I thought when I was reading reading the uh, the paperwork, I was like, "Oh, fun! A joint restraining order, and that it includes social media because it is a big deal these days." Um, and I, I think another thing going along with what you were talking about with friends, you don't want to ask your friends to take sides. So often we try and make this uh, dividing line. 
and you want to feel validated, but mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, it's important that you don't add, put one, it puts your friends in a bad relationship and now you're being toxic to all your other friends too. But, uh, at the same time, uh, you know, it, it really takes things to the next level when you start trying to make battle lines. Yeah. And everyone wants to feel validated and supported by their friends. And it's, again, this is a natural thing that people want to do um, when there's conflict in, in a relationship and it, and it grows to a certain point that, you know, someone who doesn't feel supported is going to look for support wherever they can get it and uh, just avoid asking friends to, you know, make choices and say, well, it's either him or me, um, because no one's going to like the, the, uh, the outcome of that. And when you have friends who are kind of more in control of their, the way they react to things and they're aware that this is, you know, a manipulation tactic, they just won't play the game and you'll probably lose them completely. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, you need to be willing to compromise and make sacrifices. So at the same time, while you do want to limit toxic uh, behaviors in any relationship, including uh, being in a relationship that might be toxic, you also need to be willing to compromise and willing to sort of step back and say, well, so this my partner or my boss or somebody or coworker or friend might be involved in this toxic behavior and I don't like it and I wish they would stop. But if you turn around and you say, hey, stop this toxic behavior or I won't be your friend anymore, that's just fighting what we talked about before. That's fighting toxicity with toxicity. So you do need to compromise, be willing to make sacrifices and no, and don't go nuclear on them. Right. At least at first. <laughs> and another thing is to, we talked about getting support. You want to surround yourself with positive people and people who are good models in terms of uh, how to behave in relationships and having that environment around you is critical to just have knowing what to do in situations. Um, they positive people who have a positive approach to relationships will, will allow that positivity to, you know, it, it's, it's just as, um, infectious as toxicity can be and so the positivity that is around you and i'm not speaking about frou-frou kind of you know um fake positivity that's that's made to just you know motivate people to be happy i'm talking about people who actually have positive approaches to relationship uh to relationships so the more you can be around people who have the adult type of behaviors that you want to see in your own relationship the more and the more you're exposed to this, the the easier it is for you to internalize those behaviors and become a part of the 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 positive uh, relationship uh, cloud that that exists out there. Yeah, and I think along with that too, uh, don't be afraid to seek professional help if you need it. And that's a good thing to do is, is seek professional help. If you have trouble standing up for yourself, get professional help learning how to find that confidence and how to do that so that you can be a little more assertive in your relationships and a little more confident about yourself. I think part of the reason that we either engage in toxic behaviors or allow others to continue to be toxic toward us is kind of a lack of confidence and being able to move forward, get the help that you need uh, can be a good thing. And sometimes 
you do need to go nuclear. Sometimes you get to that point where you're like, no, this relationship has to end. Sometimes you get to that point. Yeah. And uh, unless you're unless you're in immediate danger, probably the best way to go about that is to take a, a measured approach um, mm-hmm. and and not not go nuclear, but to to calmly, you know, wind things down in the relationship. Um, and that's only after you've you know, if if you really treasure the relationship and you've explored all options for fixing it, including seeking professional help. And this is whether it's with your family or whether it's with, um, you know, coworkers or whether it's with uh, your loved ones, uh, your, your, you know, your life partners. You know, once you've exhausted all of those options, then if there's no other recourse, then you have to find a way to gracefully exit yeah, so thinking about that and and figuring out how to move forward, what are some things that our listeners can do right now to start fixing their relationships? Well, one of the first things that I always like to do is to start with self-reflection. And instead of putting something on the other person first, first take a look at yourself and determine if you are exhibiting any of these toxic behaviors and perhaps understanding a little bit about why you're doing that um, will help you approach your partner or whoever else is in this relationship uh, with with more understanding. So start by looking at yourself. Yeah, and I think it's important as you're doing this, write down this behavior, uh, figure out what you think is causing it, especially if you are concerned about yourself and you are doing that self-reflection and then what you can do to stop it. So write it down, really uh, look at it because this is something that's really important and really vital, not only in the relationships you're in right now, but any relationship you might be in in the future. And when you look to write down the cause, just remember that you know, there may be causes, external causes, your partner or someone else in the relationship you feel is causing you to behave this way. But put that aside for a moment and just thinking about, just think about any causes within yourself. There might be something else that you're missing and you won't see until you just separate yourself from the relationship and take a look at your behavior and see what you're doing and why you're doing it uh, just on its own without, without, considering the uh, influence of the relationship itself then discuss (laughs) and as this is true even if it's something that you need to change if you're in a relationship with somebody and you think that your toxic behaviors are affecting them you need to discuss that with them and say hey i know i'm doing this can you help me be accountable or uh, i want to work through this and being able to say hey this is my toxic behavior can also lead into you having a discussion about their toxic behavior so that you can work on it together Sure. And then from there, the idea is, okay, we've identified our behaviors, let's address it, and we figure out what tools we need to address it. And maybe that tools include professional help from a psychologist or a counselor, um, or perhaps there are certain things that you can address on your own. uh, But figure out what those changes are going to be, write them down and make a plan for checking in on those changes and do that going forward. Yes, definitely. So we have a very interest, a very good listener question here and one that can probably be useful to any number of people. Uh, it is, I'm in a toxic relationship and feel like I'm in danger. What can I do? 
Okay, so if you feel like you're in danger, that's a good sign then that the relationship is certainly more than just toxic. Um, this this is leading towards or may certainly be some form of abuse. If you feel like you're in danger, it's because you're scared of something happening to you physically or emotionally uh, to punish to punish you coming from another person in this relationship. So if you have any questions or if you feel that this might be abuse or even if you don't know if it's abuse, the best way to get some professional advice on this right away um, before any potential danger hits, um, you know, the first thing they often tell you is to go look on the the website for the National Domestic Violence Hotline. But I would avoid that because if you're in danger, it could be, you know, one of the things that an abuser could do is monitor your internet activity. Uh, one of the best things to do is find uh, a space where you can uh, get some privacy and call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Um, what you feel is happening, you may not feel is domestic violence. It may be, it may not be, but if you're in danger, you should definitely call and find out what you can do to avoid that danger. Um, so we'll give you the number. It's 1-800-799-7233. And just, uh, you know, um, give them a call if you have any questions or if you feel that you might be in danger yeah and that's that's a big thing there is is to see if you can find a little bit of privacy and and make that phone call Uh, i'd known oh three or four people in uh, toxic relationships that turned abusive and you know being able to have that support system and being able to call somebody who can help you whether that's the domestic uh, violence hotline Again, that number is 1-800-799-7233 or just somebody else you can trust who can come help you, come get you. Uh, That's very important and you should definitely take advantage of that if you feel like you're in danger. Most listeners, thankfully, are not in abusive relationships, uh, but certainly this is great information for those who might be. Um, Toxic behaviors don't always lead to outright abuse, although there is always an element of emotional abuse involved in toxic behaviors. Um, It's just, you know, we have to be clear where the line is. And sometimes the only way you can be clear is to get some, uh, get some professional advice on the matter. Um, But in the, in the meantime, there are certainly toxic behaviors that we can all strive to avoid. Yes, definitely. And I really think that in the end, it begins with you and uh, figuring out where you stand. So thank you for listening to this episode of Adulting. Please visit iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, Visit adulting.tv. We're always happy to receive questions from listeners. And your question might be addressed in an article, a video, or on the podcast. So again, that's Adulting TV. And we will see you next next week. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.